man, this series is hitting different. It is, it's hitting different. Pastor Hayden kicked it off in a fresh way uh, a couple of weeks ago when he uh, talked about the joy that hits different, the joy that hits different. And, uh, and, he, and he said this quote, he said, there is something about the presence of God that produces joy. There's something about the presence of God that produces joy. Hey, listen, my goal this morning is not to introduce you to more information. There'll be some information about our topic this morning. Hopefully it'll hit different in a way in your heart. But my goal is to keep us on this pathway to God's presence, to experience a greater and a deeper joy. And then Pastor Mike uh, talked about a new command that hits different, a love one another type of command. And I think all of these things are going to work together as we unlock today, the title of our message today is a rest that hits different. A rest that hits different. And this is, uh, and, I, and as I was just thinking about that phrase of hits different, before we get into the rest, I started to think about just some things in everyday life that hit different. Like sometimes you experience a food like I've experienced donuts, but then one day, you know, I'm gluten-free now, and so one day at a favorite city gathering, some of our friends showed up with what's called a mochi donut, which is gluten-free, and they handed me this mochi donut, and, and Manu, it hit different. <laughs> that was amazing. That thing was, I was like, what is going on with this donut right now? Like, it's melting in my mouth, and I'm just like... Oh man, that thing was just so, I need one right now. After, between services, I may go get a mochi donut. Or, or like, maybe like, you know, you ever get a text that's like a normal type of text, but it just kind of hits different. I don't know if we have this on the screen yet, but if you get a, if you get a text, if you ask somebody for a favor, you're like, hey man, can, uh, could you help me move today? And they hit you back with a, with a sure dot, dot, dot. Right? Like they hit you back with one of those. Like that means something, right? And you're like, all right, well, I, I got them. I may have guilted them, but I got them. Uh, but, but if they hit you, if you're like, hey, man, can you help me move today? And they hit you back with this, like, sure. Like that hits different. You're like, all right, awesome. I got some help. I'm going to move on. Like, like things like little things matter when it comes to like stuff hitting different. Or how about this? Like my parents recently came to visit us and on the way they, uh, they went to some national parks and they were showing us the photos of those parks. And they were like, they're putting it on the screen and they're just scrolling through and they're doing what everybody does every time they show a picture of their vacation. They're like, it was much better what? in person, right? When you get there, I was at Zion right after we first moved here. I think I got a picture of this. And I was standing up uh, on, that was Canyon Overlook Trail. And if you've ever been to Zion National Park, uh, you, you know, like, w this picture looks cool, but when you're there, it hits different, right? Like, it is like, makes you just stand back in awe. Like, you're looking at this just expanse of these mountains and you're like, man, like if that fell, <laughs> like we'd be gone. It just hits different when you're in the valley, when you're actually looking at it. And today I want to take us into a rest that hits different. And it's kind of ironic that God has put this topic on my heart. I wanted to do something different, Pastor Mike. I wanted to like go into like a different topic. I didn't really want to preach 
on rest, but sometimes God's preaching something to you in your heart. And, and he was like, this is what's hitting different for you because ironically enough, I'm in the most busy season of my life. Like planting a church, moving across the country, building a launch team, all of these things, are, they're wonderful. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it's more work that I've ever put in. And consequently, the, the enemy is after, uh, is after us. So there's, there's attack. There's all these moments where I needed Pastor Hyden's message where I have to choose joy, right? Kristen and I are having to work on our marriage at a next level status. Like we are putting in work in every arena of our life. And God was like, you know what's hitting different for you right now? And what he's convicted us of is you need to learn how to rest. You need to learn how to rest. And the, and the Hebrew word for rest is this. It's the word Sabbath. I want to give us this working definition today. This is my biblical definition of the word Sabbath that I feel like will help us. So if you are a note taker, you want to write this down, I think it will help guide us through as you want to just refer back to it. But my definition of the Sabbath would be the celebratory discipline of ceasing or resting from work. The celebratory discipline or of ceasing or resting from work. And I think that we're gonna get a lot from this. We have, like, for me, there's a tension though. There's a tension in my life when it comes to rest because the job is never done, right? Like you walk through, like if you're an entrepreneur in the room, you're starting a new business or maybe you're hustling with multiple streams of income. Like the job is never complete. There's always one more phone call to make. There's always one more lead to chase. Come on, Pastor Dean. There's always one more thing to do on your list. There's always one more thing to iron out. There's one more department to get started in your new business. Like there's always all this, like you remember that song? Some of you guys remember that song? They abbreviate it like IDGT, I don't get tired. And then there's those shirts that say, I'll sleep when I'm dead, right? Like those are good anthems for these entre for entrepreneurs with big hearts like me. Like we're like, we attach to those because we're like, yeah, I don't get tired. Yeah, I'll sleep when I'm dead. But really that's, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> like it, we do get tired and we do need sleep. But there's this tension because we're driven and we're full of heart and we're full of purpose and God has put that inside of you, but he put a discipline in the actual work week for us to rest. And so we have to figure out what is the key to unlocking our ability to fully step into rest. Because if we don't have a plan, if we don't have a path, if we don't really understand the purpose, then we're not going to do it right? We're just going to neglect it. We're going to convince ourselves that we can do more with simply more activity. And that's the tension. I remember uh, early in ministry, I had a mentor in ministry who had been doing student ministry. I was an associate student pastor. And I remember him pulling me aside. I was 22 years old, just got my first full-time job. I was the associate student pastor at Day Spring Baptist Church in Mobile. And the man that I dearly love, his name's Staffan Bunn. He was my mentor. He was our lead student pastor. And I remember like, I was just working away. Like I was like, had all these dreams and visions of stuff. And like, it was five o'clock and I'm still going strong. He's like, what else do you have left to do? And I start telling him all these ideas that I have. And yeah, I'm probably gonna stay another hour and a half. And he said, bro, we don't leave because the work is done. 
We leave because it's time to go home. Go home (laughs) and rest. And what he understood in his experience was that my activity and my production, thank you, Pastor Dean, come on. We're sweating in the warehouse, brother. Thank you for the napkin. Uh, Was that my activity and production would never exceed my ability to recharge in rest. And as a 22-year-old, I was hard to receive. I think I, I, I may have gone home, Pastor Mike, but I probably turned my laptop on when I got back home. But God is teaching and revealing this to me. And what's been hitting different is in Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, the first book of your Bible, God does something amazing. If you ever feel a creative drive in your spirit, you ever feel like God's put a dream on your heart to create something that doesn't exist, to plant a church that doesn't exist, to start a business that doesn't exist yet, to uh, maybe invent something that doesn't exist yet. You know, you get that from God. Our God is a creative God. In Genesis chapter one, we see him create the heavens and the earth. He creates every living thing. He creates everything that we eat. Like he does all of that in six days. And here's what happens, Genesis chapter one, verse 31, it says this, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Now there's a couple of things that like, I want us to start out because to understand rest, we have to understand work, right? So in six days, what God did is he created the heavens and the earth. He created every living being. He created everything that we know and love and he created it in perfection. He's a hardworking God. So some of you are gonna be tempted to hear this message and be like, you're telling me not to work hard. That's not what I'm telling you to do. I'm not telling you not to work hard, I'm telling you to work hard. That God in six days created the heavens and the earth, but notice this, notice how he builds in what he's about to prescribe to us as a weekly rhythm, he builds actually into the natural rhythm. So it says in conjunction with God creating everything that we know, everything that we see, the heavens, the earth, the, uh, the, the, the trees, the fruit, the animals, the people, everything that we see was created in six days. And then it says this, why does it attach this? It was very good. So he was pleased. He saw it. It was very good. And there was evening and there was morning. It's as if God is saying this. There's a natural rhythm to the way that I operate. And I'm gonna create the world to remind us every single day that there is time that we see where the lights are on, where I can see what I'm doing with my hands, where I can dream dreams and I can place things different places, I can create, I can move, I can work hard. And then there's night where the sun goes down as if to say, I don't want you to see what you've been working on. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to rest. Every day when the sun comes up, it's a reminder that it's time to work. Every day when the sun goes down, it's a reminder that God has built in our rhythms rest. Isn't God just like, God is just so expansive and so creative and so thoughtful that like he built it into the actual way that the world works. There was day and there was night. 
on the sixth day. And like he looks at his creation and he sees that it's good. Like when it says the word see, it's actually that Hebrew word for see can be translated uh, joy or enjoy. So he like looks at his creation and he like enjoys it. And it's a joyful look like a master gives to a project, right? So like if his, if his uh, workers are all completing some tasks for him, like my son loves to draw, he loves to color. And so what he'll do this morning, he was coloring this picture of the three little pigs and the big bad wolf. And, and so he goes, dad, I got a surprise. And he calls to me and I come down and I see like the way that he's colored in and like it was really good. Like and he like picked the right colors for the pigs and all of that stuff. And I was like, bro, that is so, when I saw it, I enjoyed it, right? I saw that it was good. God stepped back from his work. He saw it and he enjoyed it. It wasn't like he's like, man, this hard day at work that he wants to forget, right? I mean, we have those, right? Anybody ever have a day you want to forget? Like, let me just pretend like this never happened. Like, and for us, that happens. For God, that doesn't happen because what he creates is good. He saw the earth and it was good. He was able to sit back, look, and enjoy. And enjoy. Genesis chapter 2, it goes on and says this. Thus, the heavens and the earth, they were finished. That's a, that's a very key phrase, were finished. Like if, you, if you're an underliner or a highlighter, go ahead and highlight circle, we're finished. And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Like it's, it's really like, it's really peculiar that the creator of the heavens and the earth, the most powerful being of all, felt the need to rest. It's not that he needed it. He wanted it. God in his infinite wisdom knew that all of the joy is not found in the work. That there is joy from pulling back from the work and looking with your eyes and seeing everything that God has accomplished and enjoying it. He wanted it. He wanted the rest. He wanted the rest. And so he built it in. He finished all of his work. He stepped back. He looked and he said, this is good. And he rested. He sabbat. He took the day off. He ceased to work. He looked on it with enjoyment. And so then fast forward in the Old Testament, a little bit in the book of Exodus, the second book of your Bible. In the book of Exodus, here's what happens. God's people had gotten themselves in trouble. They had gotten in captivity amongst the Egyptian people. And then God did miracles. He released them from captivity. And this man named Moses led them out of captivity of a few million people. And they crossed the Red Sea. God literally splits a huge body of water so that all of these people can walk through on dry land to their freedom. And now... They're wandering in the middle of the wilderness. They have no food to eat. They have nothing to drink. And they're wondering why in the world did God lead us here? Like you ever have a dream that you're chasing and you wonder why in the world did God lead me here? You know, like it's been hard. You're like, God, you told me to start this thing 
and I'm not seeing any fruit. God, you told me to go down this path. God, you told me to apply for this job. You told me to pursue this career. You told me to, uh, to pursue reconciliation in my marriage, but I'm not seeing any fruit. I feel like I'm in the middle of the desert and you're not hearing his voice. And I think like the Israelites, there's something really key that we're missing. We've clearly heard the work that he's called us to but we're neglecting the rhythms he's called us to operate in. That's very important. We've clearly heard the work and we've seen a glimpse of our purpose, but we haven't established the rhythms in our heart to understand God's movement. Here's what happened with the people in Exodus, with the Israelites in Exodus. So they're hungry and then here's what God did. He said, well, I'm going to send down this bread from heaven. We'll call it manna and you're going to go out and collect it each day. And so Exodus 16, verse 25, Moses says to the people, he says, eat it today. So they were going out and collecting it, but then it came to the seventh day. And Moses said, eat it today, for today is the Sabbath, is a Sabbath to the Lord. It's a rest to the Lord. Today, you will not find it in the field. So here's what God did. For six days, he provided manna, or for five days, he provided one day's worth of manna. And then on the, on the sixth day, he provided two days worth of manna for them to gather in for the next day. They were having to trust in provision each single day in the middle of the desert. And then on Saturday, or, or then on the sixth day, they would gather in the two days worth of manna and they would store it up for the Sabbath. So Moses says, Eat for today, for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find any in the field. There's no work to be done. I already provided it. Six days you shall gather, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people, and this is what God did. This is hilarious. Like God's like, all right, I'm gonna make this really clear. For six days, there's gonna be food on the ground. On the sixth day, there's gonna be double the food for the seventh day. There's going to be no food on the seventh day. Got it? They're like, yeah, got it. And then on the seventh day, what did they do? On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather. (laughs) And they found none. They're still like in that habit. They're like, surely it's not just going to be free. Surely like he's going to also send it. Surely he didn't mean actually rest. Like surely he didn't actually mean put your phone on do not disturb. Surely he didn't mean that I could actually turn it off and survive an entire day. Like, no, like the world will blow up if I can't answer my phone, right? I've fallen into that trap. Like, surely not. Surely the world needs me more than that, right? They went out, but they found none. So I would, I would just say this, and don't miss this. Maybe you're in a season where you've been working so hard. You've been following what you feel like God has called you to do. And you cannot see the fruit. And maybe what God is saying is you have no Sabbath in your life. You have no Sabbath. You're going out in the day to find something and you're finding nothing. And you're like, God, why am I finding nothing? Because you're supposed to be resting. You're not taking a rest. You're not peeling back from your every, you're making yourself God. It's time to trust that he can provide when he tells us to take a day off to peel back from the activity. If you don't get tired, if you just sleep when you're dead, you're not going to see the fruits. You're not going to experience the presence that God has designed from the beginning of time, 
for you to experience. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. Verse 28, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? He's like, what are you guys doing? Like, are you listening yet? And then he says this, 29, see, that's important. See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift. Some of us feel like it's an inconvenience. It's a gift. Like God has given you this for enjoyment, for fulfillment. Like take advantage of it. It's a, it's a gift. It's like, it's like, you know, it would be as if us as Favor City Church said, came to Las Vegas and Walk Church is like, hey man, we want to make a financial donation to you guys to help you get started. And I'm being like, no, Pastor Mike, keep your check. What is that? What does that show? What would that show? Just, just, just say it out loud. What would that show about my heart and my spirit? That I am what? I'm prideful. Keep your check, bro. We don't, we don't need your provision. We don't need your help. And God's sitting here offering us. He's like, you need to rest. And we're like, keep your rest. Keep your rest. He's given it to you as a gift. It's a free gift. You don't have to pay it back with extra work next week. It's a free gift to you. See, the Lord has given, it, given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. He's going to provide for the day off. Like some of, I, and I know the feeling. You feel like, I can't afford to take a day off. I can't afford it. And I would say in a similar way to tithing, you can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. Some of you think, like, and I get it. 10% is a lot. You're like, I can't afford to tithe. And I would just say as a testimony of my own life, I can't afford not to tithe because I don't know how ends have always been met, but I do know that when God instilled that practice in me, he has never dropped the ball. We have never gone without. You can't afford not to. You can't afford not to rest. You are getting less accomplished by working every day. You're getting less accomplished. I would Wager to say, you're getting less accomplished by not taking a day off. He says, remain each of you in his place. Don't go out. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The Sabbath is a gift. You can write this down. The Sabbath is a gift that allows us to see God's activity. The Sabbath is a gift that allows us to see God's activity. If we never take a day off, all we ever see is our activity. And I don't know about you, but I know what I can accomplish in and of my own strength. For far too long, I was trying to manufacture success in my life, to manufacture success in my ministry. And there have been times where my list is so long that God's spirit just overwhelmed me and said, you know what? I don't want you to knock a single thing off that list. I want you just to stop and pray and look at what I've already done. And in those moments, I'm able to see God's activity more clearly than I ever have in my life. And somehow the list gets done. And the ones that didn't probably didn't need to be done anyway. Somehow we're still here. Somehow God is still moving in our church. There are so many things that I would like to have checked off right now as uh, planting Favor City Church. Let's just real life example. There are so many logistical things I wish to have had checked off. 
But if you had told me that pre-launch, that God would have already brought nine new people to life and, and let them be baptized in the context of Favor City, I would have told you that you were crazy before we've even launched. But he's already done that, and I haven't accomplished near what I thought he was because God's doing it, not me. Like, it's his activity that we're able to see. It's not my manufacturing stuff to happen. Like, my make it happen meter is not that high. It's not that big. But when I can sit back and like watch God move, I just wanna be confused, you know? And just be like, wow, I don't know how that got connected. I don't know how that person, I don't know how that wall got knocked down. But it was God. It had to have been, that's the only explanation. The Sabbath is a gift to us. It allows you to see God's activity. Some of you can't see God move because you won't stop moving. I'm gonna say that again because it's hot and I think somebody fell asleep. Some of you can't see God moving because you won't stop moving. Stop, be still, like you're gonna see him. You're gonna see him in the waiting. In Luke chapter six, I love like a lot of times when you're reading through the Bible, what you see God do in the Old Testament, you see him bring to a greater light in the New Testament. If something confuses you sometimes in the Old Testament, just go back and read the Gospels. See the footnotes, see where that plays out. And what you'll often understand is that, oh, like you'll see the greater narrative. And so I love this story in Luke chapter six, Jesus is walking with his disciples. And let me just remind you, like when Jesus called his disciples, he called them out of their work. He walked up to some fishermen and he said, hey, why don't you drop your nets, your livelihood, your source of income, pretty much your family identity and your ability to pass that on to the next generation, drop all that work and come follow me. Like, I don't know if I've ever thought about that in the context of work, but that's what he did. He said, drop your work and come follow me. Come be in the presence of Jesus. So what that essentially made the disciples was homeless and jobless. So they're walking, following Jesus around in his, in his ministry, homeless and jobless, picking up odds and ends things to make things meet. But a, a lot of times what would happen is in the Jewish law, uh, if you had a field of grain, you were required to make the edges of the field of grain uh, available. You couldn't harvest that because you needed to make the edges available for the poor to come and glean so that they would have food. That was in the Jewish law. So a lot of times the disciples, they were moving about and we can see in this text in Luke chapter 6 that it was a habit of theirs to make use of that provision given by the Lord. So here's what happens. Luke chapter 6, uh, Luke chapter 6 starting in verse 1. It says, on the Sabbath, all right, this is the Sabbath. This is the day that no work should be done. That includes like going out and getting your food and preparing it and all of that. On the Sabbath, while he was going through the grain fields, he is Jesus, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing in their, in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, what are you doing? What are you doing what is not lawful? Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? They're like, that's work. That's, that's work. And Jesus answered them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him. Now he entered the house of God and he took and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for any but the priest, 
to eat and also gave it to those with him, which is an Old Testament parallel. We're not gonna dive too much into that right now, but I just want you to see the whole narrative of the story. Jesus and his disciples walking through, picking out this grain, and the Pharisees had said, wait, that's breaking the law, which in reality, what it was breaking, what was called the Mishnah. The Mishnah was like a curfew. Everybody know what a curfew is? Like a, a Mishnah was mom, uh, like the principle of nothing good happens after midnight, so mom says be home at 1030, right? The Mishnah was a fence around the fence. There was a fence that was God's law, that was the laws he had given to his people, keep the Sabbath. And then there was a fence around that fence called the Mishnah that they had said, in order to keep the Sabbath, we're going to uh, put all of these specific requirements on our people so that they don't break the actual rule. And so what is happening here, check this out. God gave two laws, or he gave a lot, he gave several, but these two laws he gave. One was leave the edges of the field for sojourners and those who are poor. One was remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So in order to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, what the Pharisees did is they put a law that said, you know what, even if you're homeless, even if you couldn't even gather on Saturday, even if you have no food, you're just gonna have to be hungry on the Sabbath because we think that'd be too close to breaking the law. So to keep one law, they broke another. Like, that's what kind of sense this made. Like, to keep one law, they broke another. To keep, and what they exed out of the equation was compassion. They exed out relationship. They exed out provision. The Sabbath was always created for us to sit back and enjoy what God had accomplished and what he had provided what he had accomplished and what he had provided. So when someone, he had provided the grain field, he had provided the workers, the provision for someone to own that field and for that to grow up and, and be available to him. And he had said, hey, and also keep some available for the poor. And so when you could argue that when a sojourner or when someone who's poor walks through the edges of that field and plucks out some grain and eats it, they're like, God has provided. They... They might have found a letter of the Mishnah, the man-made law that they were breaking, but they were actually enjoying the provision of God, which is what rest was intended for all along anyways. They missed the point. So like, don't, don't miss the point this morning. The point is that you rest in God's presence give thanks for his provision, and you enjoy his power. That's the point. That's the Sabbath. That's the rest. God's activity is what, God can do more in a moment than I can in a lifetime. Do you believe that this morning? Like, is that something you believe? Like, God can do more in a single isolated moment than I could in my entire life working 80 hours a week, grinding nonstop, that he does more in a moment than I could in a lifetime. And if I really believe that, then I can trust him with my rest. The rules of God aren't given to us to restrict us. In fact, like, I don't even like to call them rules. They're actually more like keys. You see, we think it's, 
We think it's a door that keeps us from where we wanted to go. In reality, what a, what a rule is, is a key that unlocks the door to where we're supposed to go. So when you look at God's laws and God's rules and you say, I don't have time to rest. I don't have time to do what he's telling me to do. I don't have time to flee from sin. I don't have time to choose joy. Like I got stuff to do. What you're doing is you're creating your own door. That's why it feels like you're hitting your head up against the wall. And you're acting like you got it all together, but you don't. You know that you're depressed and you're anxious and you're worried about how it's all going to work out. And God's trying to hand you the keys. And he's like, if you just take a day off, you could see where I'm holding it. And you could take it from me and walk through the door. I need this in my heart today. Please understand that I'm preaching to me. If you guys, aren't, if you guys are just here to cheer me on this morning, that's what I need. It's a door. It's a freedom. Because here's, here's how Jesus ended this interaction with the Pharisees. And he said to me, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Check this out. We don't rest in Jesus. We don't rest in Jesus because he's number one on our list. We rest in Jesus because he is Lord over our list. Let me say that again. We don't rest in Jesus because he's number one priority. Jesus should not be a priority in your life. Jesus should be superior in your life, which means this, that when you go to God and rest, what you're doing is you're not saying, God, yeah, man, you're, you're number one in my life. Because you know what happens to priorities? They like move around all the time. Anybody ever make like a to-do list for the day? Like they move around all the time and then you end up doing more things that were not on the list than that were actually on the list. Like we're not good at list is what I'm saying, or at least I'm not. So God doesn't wanna be on the list. He wants to make the list. And you're not getting the right list because he's not Lord. You're just like, no, I wanna, I know I need to find time for God. And so like, and I know the right thing in my Instagram bio is to say, God, wife, kids, job. Like, I think I got that right. Okay, yeah, like that's the right priority. And no, like he doesn't, he doesn't wanna be number one. He wants to set number one, number two, number three for the day. He wants to be Lord of all. That's who he is. So the Pharisees are tripping because the disciples are walking through and they think they've broke the law. And Jesus is like, no, you don't understand. I'm not like part of this thing. I'm over this thing. I'm not just like a piece of your puzzle. Like I made the puzzle. <laughs> okay, do you get it? Is that there? Like he made it so you can trust him with it. And you can trust he's going to do more in your rest than, he, you, than you will in your work. He will. He will do more in your rest than you will in your work. He says it. He reminds his disciples of this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Here's what he said. I want us to all read this together. Let's read this together. Here you go. One, two, three. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Does anybody feel heavy today? Does anybody feel like the work isn't stopping? 
Does anybody feel like there's way more to do than you have time in the day? I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with people and I've even reciprocated it. There's just not enough time in the day. It wasn't supposed to be. Not for you to accomplish it. Not for you to complete it. Not for you to look on your work and say, oh man, look at everything that I have done. It's because we were created to look on everything that God is doing. And then when you move from your work, when you move from your labor, when you move from your heavy ladenness, you'll find rest in Jesus. So what does that look like? What does that look like? That means, that means when the employment that you're seeking isn't quite working out, when the job, when the, when the business that you're trying to start isn't yet profitable. That means when the work that you're trying to do on your family hasn't shown fruit yet. That means when like you're dieting and you're working out and you haven't lost a pound. Come on. It means that you sit back and you take your day of rest and you say, I'm tired. Anybody tired? I'm heavy. Anybody heavy? I need the rest that only Jesus provides. I need the rest that only he can provide. Our priorities will never be right outside of true, right, true rest with Jesus. You won't get your priorities right if you don't have rest. You won't be able to truly hear the voice of God in every area of your life. Because what rest is, is giving up control for a moment so that you can see him use you in a lifetime. You give up control for a moment so that you can see God use you in your lifetime. And you can say, man, I'm really not in charge of this. I'm really not in control of this. I really do need to just take a day off. Why do we rest? You may wanna write this down. Resting from your work, resting from your work allows you to fix your eyes on the work of Jesus. Resting from your work allows you to fix your eyes on the work of Jesus. What happened in Genesis chapter two? I wanna, I wanna pull that off because here's the, here's the reality. You may wanna take a picture of that or like, I'm sorry, go back to that point. If, 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 here's the reality, like resting from your work allows you to fix your eyes on the work of Jesus. So keep that, tab that, put that in the top left-hand corner. And let me look at this, let me say this. Jesus always finish what, finishes what he starts. This is our application time. So if you need to like put down, this is, this hits different and it moves us to action. And ironically enough, our action is rest. And so like, here's, here's our points. Jesus always finishes what he starts. So when we rest from our work to focus on his work, what we're doing is we're saying, this is what was in Genesis and I'm gonna bold some of these words for us. Go to that next passage, here we go. Thus the heavens and the earth 
what? Were finished. And all the host of them, and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that, what? All the work that, all the work that, come on, we can dance, it's high. All the work that he had done, he completed it. He did it. Anytime we complete something, we can give glory to God because he's the ultimate finisher. He's the ultimate perfecter. He's the ultimate completing artist. He's, he makes masterpieces. And we rest, we can fix our eyes on what he is doing. Paul encouraged the church at Philippi, they were struggling with this concept. They were struggling with, is God gonna give up on me? And he says this in Philippians chapter one, verse six, he says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion the day of Christ Jesus. Some of us have been misled to feel like the finishing touches were our job. The finishing touches are not your job. That's God's job. The work is his to complete. The time is his, he made it. If he wanted more, you to have more of it, he would have given it to you. But he gave us what he gave us. And then he told us to spend one and rest. And don't just spend one day to rest, build the habit of rest into your life. Build the habit of running to Jesus with your burdens into your life. Don't miss the forest through the trees here. Sabbath was a daily reminder that we cannot complete everything on our own. That we are not the Lord of our own Sabbath, God is. And number two, because ultimately here's the deal. Sabbath is a trust issue. Sabbath is a trust issue. And Jesus never guides you where he won't provide for you. Jesus, but Sean got it. Come on, Jesus never guides you where he won't provide for you. Listen, when we were like exploring the call to plant a church, Pastor Mike, I can't tell you how many times Pastor Hyden told me that. And to be honest with you, I wanted to slap him through the phone sometimes. I was like, but you don't understand. Like, you don't know what I'm working through. Like, you don't. You don't see my budget spreadsheet? Like, how's he gonna provide? How's he gonna do this? Do you know how much money it costs to plant a church? He's like, yeah, actually I do. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Jesus will never guide you where he won't provide for you. Jesus doesn't need you to overwork to accomplish his purpose. He's inviting you into what he is doing. He's not scrambling looking for more volunteers. He's moving, he's working, he's sufficient, he's complete. And so the Sabbath is a trust issue. Like, do you trust him with that day? Do you trust him with your rest? We have to. That's why so many of us, our weariness, our heavy ladenness is leading to burnout. And Jesus is like, I know you're all that way, so just come to me and rest. The disciples experienced that on a next level, relational way when they were walking with Jesus through those fields. 
and they experienced his heart. They experienced a rest that hit different. I'm not just telling you to kick your feet up. I'm not telling you just to empty your mind. I'm telling you in the midst of all the activity to put it down and run to Jesus, to run to him. As frustrating as it, as it can be to stop working, when there's so much to do, ultimately there's no greater reminder in our life than the Sabbath that only God can do it. Only God can accomplish it. Vashon, come on up, brother. And let me just say a prayer over us today. And maybe we just like, right now as a point of application, just every, with every head bowed and every eye closed, as a point of just instant application, I just want everybody to take a deep breath. In your nose, out your mouth. Just take a deep breath. And I want you to pray this prayer. Because some of you already in that moment of silence, you're running to your list this afternoon. You came to the nine o'clock service so you could have more time to complete your list. Don't run to the list yet. In fact, I want you to pray this. Jesus, pray this with me. Jesus, I, I don't want you to be number one on my list. Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my list. Be the Lord of my week this week. Jesus, I trust you with a day of rest. Jesus, right now in this moment, I, I trust that you can do more in this moment right now than I could in a lifetime of striving. God, let us see your activity. Let us just right now, in this moment, I ask just for a special glimpse right now for everyone in the room as a way of showing us that this is true. God, I just ask that you would just show us your activity. Show us ways that you're moving in our life. The Sabbath is a gift so that we can see your activity. God, we wanna see it. Thank you.